This is Five on Five. Hi, this is Nate again on the Five on Five, where we take five minutes, five days a week to talk about everything that matters to college men. Today, we're going to look at intercession, the act of intervening on behalf of another. I don't know if you have an experience like that, a time you stepped in to defend a friend or a time a friend took the blame for you. You know, you can always tell who your bros are by knowing who has your back, right? So today, we're going to look at one of the first acts of intercession in the Bible, the time Abraham and God talked about Sodom. In Genesis 18, God is about to put a stop to the harm and abuse that everyone in these cities were committing against each other. And we would expect a good God to bring judgment against evil, right? So God had to put a stop to this. In verse 20, it says that the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and their sin is very grave, meaning that people were harming and abusing everyone to the point where people were crying out. So God is stopping this injustice. But before God does this, he decides to include Abraham and tell him what he is about to do. From there, we get this really interesting moment where we see Abraham bargaining with God. He asks God to spare the city for 50 righteous people. And when God agrees, he goes down to 45 then 40, then 30, then 20, and finally, all the way down to 10. Here, Abraham is like a lawyer, trying to get a plea deal for the people of Sodom. He acknowledges that they have done wrong, but he is trying to reduce the sentence. We know that his nephew Lot was in that city, so he probably had him in mind, but we also see Abraham interceding to save the whole city. Now this is really interesting, because back then, the culture was that sin was a communal responsibility. So if one person sinned, then the family and the village were all responsible. And I think we can understand this. People joke about it now using lines like, you have brought dishonor to us all. And there are memes on this, right? Or more seriously, when there's a black sheep in the family and the whole family is embarrassed over it. So then for Sodom, the whole city was tainted with sin. But here we see Abraham testing to see if the exact opposite could happen as well. Could one person's righteousness spread out in the same way? Could one person's righteousness save those around him? And the amazing thing here is that we see that it does. When Abraham asks if 50 righteous people will spare the whole city, God says that they will be spared. And Abraham tests the limit again and again, going all the way down to 10. Why did he stop at 10? I don't think any of us will know on this side of heaven, but maybe he thought surely there will be at least 10 people. But I think that through this moment, Abraham realizes something. He finds out that God will cover the sins of one person through the righteousness of another. And this is an amazing foreshadowing moment. Because this is what the gospel is. This is what Christ did for us. Through the righteousness of Christ, the whole world has a way to salvation. Through his righteousness, we are all saved. And we see an amazing picture of God's heart here. I think we often picture God as someone who's judgmental and ready to accuse if someone doesn't follow all the rules. But instead what we see is that he doesn't wish for people to be condemned. He doesn't wish to bring judgment. It's as if he's looking for a way for people to get out of it, to strike a plea deal, until finally paying the ultimate cost himself through Jesus on the cross to make it happen. That's what it says in Isaiah 59 where it says, He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. Then his own arm brought him salvation and his righteousness upheld him. God's heart is for people to be saved. And the amazing thing is, justice is still served. Evil is punished, but not by evil people, but by a righteous one, Jesus. And if we're honest, I think most of the time, we don't share in God's heart. I know for me, I'm usually so caught up with the things that are going on with my life, the things I need to do each day with work, family, and the things I just want to do. And other people don't come to mind. But I find it interesting that God brought Abraham into this conversation to begin with. In verse 17, God says, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? You know, God already knows about the people of Sodom, and yet he invites Abraham to talk about it with him. I think about what must have gone through Abraham's mind as he began to intercede for Sodom. All the people there, what would happen to them? Probably thoughts that he never thought about before. Maybe he never thought about the people of Sodom at all, or they were just some glancing thoughts. But as he interceded for them here, I think his heart for them grew, that he really wished that they would receive mercy and be spared, and he would begin to get a little bit of God's heart for the people of Sodom. I know that's what happens as I act to intercede, when I pray for people. 
Because when I do, I think about them more and my heart grows, wanting the best for them. As I pray for people, my understanding of them grows. And with that, my heart for them grows. As I dwell on people, my heart starts to go out for them. And I realize that if I can care for people with my limited knowledge and my limited connection with them, how much more does God care for them with everything He knows? So let's thank God for the gospel and for God allowing Jesus' righteousness to be given to us. And let's share this with others. That's the best way we can intercede for them.